This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson, as always. Today's topic, social cognitive learning theory. What does this have to do with reading, you ask? Everything has to do with reading. This podcast is based on a chapter from one of my books, Essential Learning Theories, Applications to Authentic Teaching Situations, published by Roman and Littlefield. Now, originally, social cognitive learning theory was simply termed social learning theory. It was considered a behavioral learning theory because it involved observing the behaviors of others and seeing what they were rewarded and punished for. Future behaviors were then based on these observations. However, Social learning theory eventually incorporated a lot of ideas from cognitive learning theory, hence the current name, social cognitive learning theory. Now, although the name is social cognitive learning theory, I may call it social learning theory at times in this podcast, so don't be confused. So, the basics. From the perspective of social cognitive learning theory, learning is a change in mental processes that creates the capacity to demonstrate different behaviors that occur as a result of observing people. For example, Mary watches Sam. Mary sees Sam get punished for a behavior. Mary avoids that behavior. Or Mary watches Pat. Mary sees Pat get rewarded for a behavior. Mary demonstrates that behavior. Or finally, Mary watches Francis do it. Mary sees how it is done. Mary does it. There it is. Social cognitive learning theory. Simple as that. Cognition plays a part in social learning in the form of expectations. After observing a model and noting the resulting rewards or punishment, it is expected that if one behaves in a similar way, one will get rewarded or punished similarly. So instead of having to go through trial and error learning, which is called incremental learning, where the incorrect responses are gradually eliminated, people are able to benefit immediately from observing the success or failures of others. And this is called insightful learning. Social learning theory is a form of vicarious learning in that it occurs by observing others. In active learning theory, on the other hand, is when learning occurs by doing. Students learn best when both are combined. That is when they observe others and then when they are able to practice what was observed. This is true both of social and academic skills. There are four conditions necessary for social learning to take place. Number one, attention. Learners need to pay attention to the behavior to be learned. In a classroom, teachers sometimes have to point to specific behaviors. Boys and girls, did you notice how? Also, teachers sometimes have to ask students to look for specific behaviors. Boys and girls, when you go into the lunchroom today, I want you to notice how the sixth grade class, a wrestling coach might call attention to the salient elements of a move before the demonstration. 
Now wrestlers, when Rory does the single leg takedown, notice how he, or teacher might say, when I, insert skill to be learned, notice how, insert salient element. These are all examples of calling attention to what students should learn. The second one is retention. The observer must be able to remember what was observed later when given the opportunity to act. Posters with reminders and concept maps and graphic organizers are all ways to call attention and remember the salient elements. Also, verbal reminders can be used. Boys and girls, we're going to the library. Let's remember the three important things we learned about, or when doing long division, remember to. So we had uh, attention. The second one was retention. And the, th the third one is production. Observers must be given opportunities to reproduce or practice the behavior. However, observers must be, must be able to reproduce the behavior. That is, the behavior must be proximal. A teacher could have an expert tap dancer come into a third grade classroom and model dancing, but if most students were not able to reproduce the behavior, it would not be a very effective social learning situation. And the fourth one, the observer must be motivated to act. This means that the observer must value the behavior or the rewards that come as a result of the behavior. As well, the observer must expect to see some sort of reinforcement occurring as a result of the behavior. So, four conditions necessary. One, attention. Two, retention. Three, production. And four, motivation. Now, let's look at a classic study, Albert Bandura and the Bobo Dolls. This is a classic study in psychology related to social learning. It was conducted by Albert Bandura and his colleagues around 1961. Here, children were shown a film where adults interacted aggressively, hitting, punching, and kicking with an inflatable toy known as a bobo doll. Children were put into four different groups. Group number one, rewards. Children watched a film version where the adult was rewarded for the aggressive behavior. The second group, punishment, children watched a film version where the adult was punished for the aggressive behavior. The third group, no consequences, children watched a film version where there were no consequences for the adult's aggressive behavior. And the fourth group was a control group. Children were not showing any films. So what do you think? What do you think they found? After watching the film, children were put in a room in which there was a bobo doll. The children who saw the adult rewarded for aggressive behavior, group one, were more likely to behave aggressively when compared to other groups. Children who saw the adult punished for aggressive behavior were less likely to behave aggressively when compared to other groups. This study suggests that children's future behaviors are strongly influenced by observing the behavior of adults or older students and how they are rewarded and punished. 
So let's look now at modeling. Social learning includes behavioral, cognitive, and affective changes that occur as a result of observing models. There are three types of modeling. The first is direct modeling. This is where one attempts to directly imitate another's behavior. For example, saw, Sam saw Mary study and noticed how she studied. He saw that she got A's on most of her exams. Sam wanted to be successful. He began to study in the same way Mary did. The second type of modeling is called symbolic modeling. Here's where one imitates the behaviors of characters in books, movies, video games, or on TV. This occurs frequently with teenagers and the various media they consume. For example, Phil began talking and addressing the way characters do on his favorite TV show. The third is synthesized modeling. This is where one takes bits and pieces from a variety of models. For example, Harvey was a beginning teacher. He took ideas and modeled his teaching style from a variety of teachers that he observed during student teaching and his first year of teaching. A model's influence is determined by the following factors. First, the status of the model. This means the model is perceived, perceived positively, is liked and respected. Models with high prestige and who are older or more powerful are more apt to influence observational learning. The second is similarity of the model. This is when there are perceived similarities between the model and the observer. This is more likely to influence. Uh, uh, influence how this model might impact the observer. The third one is potential for modeling. This means the model's behavior is within the observer's range of competence to imitate the behavior. This means they have the capacity to actually imitate the behavior. The next one is perceived competence of the model. The model is perceived as competent. The next is reinforcing consequences. The model gets rewarded or punished for the behavior. And the last one is noticeable behavior. The model's behavior stands out against the background of competing models. These all determine the level of a model's influence on the observer. So, some implications. So what, you say? What does it have to do with me as a teacher? Social learning can be used to help students develop positive behaviors and to enhance teaching and learning. First, helping students to develop positive behaviors. Four ideas for using social learning here. First, good books. As a teacher, provide positive role models that reflect the lives and experiences of your students. This can be done by having an abundance of high-quality books available that include characters with positive character traits. These books should have an equal number of male and female lead characters that are a similar age of the students with whom you work, or maybe a little older. These books should enable students to see the logical consequences of both positive and negative behavior without them having to experience the circumstances themselves. However, Books should not involve moralizing or propaganda, as this, opposite, this often has the opposite intended effect. 
The second one is model. Model the behaviors you wish to see. Keep in mind that your interaction with students and colleagues are always being watched. If your interactions demonstrate respect for your students and other teachers, these attitudes are more likely to be reflected by your students. Children learn what they live. The third way for developing positive behaviors using social learning here is to include moral dilemmas within the classroom or curriculum. Moral dilemmas are descriptions of real-life situations in which there is a decision to be made that does not have a clear-cut answers. Students are then put into small groups and asked to come to a consensus on the decision. Children develop the capacity for moral reasoning and advance more quickly to higher levels of thinking and reasoning by practicing their reasoning skills and by hearing the moral reasoning of others. As well, to make this a literacy event, and I always like to make these literacy events, I simply have students record or describe what they would do in a journal or learning log at the end of this. And fourth, cognitive modeling. This is thinking aloud to demonstrate a cognitive or thinking process. Here you make your thinking visible. Use this to let students hear you think as you reason through a social problem or a dilemma involving values. All right, so how do you use social learning to enhance teaching and learning? Five ideas. One, Student demonstrations. Look for students who do a skill particularly well. Allow them to demonstrate to others or to teach in small groups. Number two, social interaction. Create learning experiences that utilize social interaction. This could be structured conversations, cooperative learning, assignments, or problem-solving activities related to curriculum content in which students have to work together and hear the thinking and reasoning of others. The third is multi-age classroom. These contain two or three grade levels within a single class. This creates a variety of opportunities for many forms of social learning to occur. Fourth, cognitive modeling. We kind of talked about this. To teach complex skills or cognitive processes, use this think aloud process. And then fifth one is the elements of effective skills instruction. In teaching academic skills of any kind, including reading skills, use the elements of effective skills instruction. These lessons consist of input, guided practice, and independent practice. In the input, the teacher is modeling and thinking aloud. Students are then able to practice what was modeled in the guided practice in independent practice parts of the lesson. So, summary of the key ideas from this podcast. One, social learning, sometimes called social cognitive learning or observational learning, states that humans learn by watching the behaviors of others and the rewards or punishments associated with those behaviors. Two, from a social learning perspective, Learning is defined as a change in mental processes that creates the capacity to demonstrate different behaviors that occur as a result of observing others. The third one, the four conditions for social learning to take place are attention, 
retention, production, and motivation. And the fourth one, there are three types of modeling, direct, symbolic, and synthesized modeling. And the last one, social learning theory can be used to help with classroom management and to enhance social learning theory. This has been the Reading Instruction Show talking about social learning theory.